0: Blog Talk Radio. time to get in the game. And hello once again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, another week of American Tennis. And it is good to be back in a regular flow every Wednesday at noon on. Folks, you can get it at still at UR Tennis Network, URTennisNetwork.com. It's the Yellow Ball Network. The Yellow Ball Network, every Wednesday, and I believe Coach John Denise is back up and running on Thursdays at 5 o'clock as well with his Florida Connection show. I'm Coach Chuck Creasy. Every Wednesday, we're in our fifth year now of American Tennis Radio, and we get to talk about the things that you want to talk about, what you want to hear and what's going on in the world of tennis usually that's about coaching it's about bringing young players up it's about those issues even political issues in the world of tennis and yeah it is a political ballpark out there and uh we'll address issues not people and we'll try to stay professional as we do it and we'll try to stay fired up and get stuff done that we need to get done but uh Anyhow, thanks for tuning in. My website is www.chuckcreese.net, Chuck K-R-I-E-S-E. K-R-I-E-S-E.net. And uh, boy, oh boy, my son's doing a heck of a job helping uh, get a new website up. And take a look at it, folks. I'm going to have a lot of new stuff up there pretty soon. And uh, he's doing a knockdown, knockout job, what do I want to say, knockout, knock it out of the park job. Folks, I want to talk about coaching again, and, and let me let me just backtrack here a little bit. I um, here's what's going on. Here's what's going on with uh, trying to coach, teach, be a leader. Whenever you're working with young people, um, what we're, what's happening is that our hands. I'll get, I'll lay it out there in front. Our hands are getting tied. A very, very good friend, one of my former players, used to work for the USTA, for example, and he said, you would not believe, Chuck, what goes on. We have to get 38 angles of permission. We've got to get all this stuff done, and everything is about covering your rear end before you go out and do anything. And he says, you're basically handcuffed, and if you're not completely handcuffed, you're so worn out from doing all the bureaucracy you don't just do the simple things that need to be done, and you basically you touch the surface, but you don't go deep again, deep enough. And he says, very frustrating. And uh, folks, I've worked in, uh, I guess, look, I've worked in education now 40, 1972. So that's 45 years. but I've been in the college coaching business 41 years as an assistant or as a head coach. But coaching in tennis for 47 years in the education business, I started out being a high school math teacher. All I wanted to do was coach high school basketball. But the long story short is that we used to have freedom in the classrooms. We could, coach, we could teach our youngsters. And the parents knew when they put the youngsters under your care, that you were the boss and you were going to teach and the teachers were dedicated and they went deep and they taught well and they were able to uh, basically operate without uh, the structure of a governor on their engine and too many hands on their steering wheel. But, you know, uh, we homeschool our children now, my wife and I do, and basically it's just because it's not, the teachers are bad It's not that the curriculums are just bad But whenever a, uh, the government Runs the educational system When you try to centralize A government run Situation or it becomes A bureaucracy You've got to operate within the framework Of that bureaucracy So there's a governor on the engine And too many hands on the steering wheel Too many kitchens And too, oh, too many Cooks in the same kitchen trying to get the job done, and you end up with generic stuff. We sure don't want our children to be generic. We want them to be uh, have inquisitive minds. We want them to be hungry for learning. And you never get to the top of anything. This is the point. You will never get to the top of anything if you have bureaucratical coaching or teaching, running it. And many times I say, <laughs> These the bureaucrats are trying to make a pathway for tennis, pathway for your education, whether it's Common Core or where whatever, No Child Left Behind, whatever. Whenever you try to make a pathway, you make uh, you you are on the way, and you have just perfected mediocrity, and it will not work. Now, when we're talking about Training tennis players and bringing up tennis players, the very, very worst thing that you could do is cookie cutter a pathway. It, it needs to be, first of all, if our society is going to thrive and USA is going to thrive in tennis, we need an expressway, we need a freeway, we need multiple ideas, multiple ways of coaching, kids coming from all over the different places in the country. And to not, not be burdened down and and locked into the simple pathway of whether it's the R, O, G, the red, orange, green. If you're over eight, you can only play with red. And over 10, you can only play with orange. And then you can only play with green. And you've got to pass these tests. Our tests, we're the bureaucrats. We're the ones that are all knowing uh, folks. That is not, first of all, it will never inspire a kid. It will never inspire a coach. And I don't care how good the pathway is. I don't care how smart somebody might look at putting this system together. It is not, systems do not motivate incentives to competitive, uh, competition does, goals to go after does. But basically, it is the own firepower and the creativity and it's the inspiration of one's the child's heart must be nurtured the child's hunger must be nurtured the child it's himself herself must have that inside of them and that must be nurtured an individual an individual, mentality and an individual heartbeat to go after their own thing if they don't they will never ever get to the level that they need to be I don't care if you the hype of money fame fortune will not endure it must be something that is theirs it's a, it, it's it would uh, what pops into my head is if a painter uh, you you give a painter a chance you can either Paint this house with uh, ABC fundamentals or you can go out and paint whatever you want to in this landscape in your own way. Well, which one's going to be a work of art and which, which one's going to be a uh, something that's just generic? So here's where we're at. So why was I thinking about this topic this morning? I watched young Francis Tiafoe last night against Roger Federer. Now, Boy, did they play it up on ESPN this morning. Oh my golly, the match of the tournament so far, five setter. The score the score was uh 4-6 6-1 6-2 6-1 and then 1-6 6-4. Six, six, oh my golly, it's five setter. Look, after the first two sets when they split, I Texted my friend, by the way One of Francis's real coaches The real coaches are not those guys Sitting in the box that are paid by the USDA By the way Those are good people They're good employees But let's see if they can get to the heart of things That we're going to talk about The real coaches were sitting up in the stands Way up in the stands Coach, Coach Frank Coach Vessel Coach Misha they were all watching, those guys were all watching. Those are the ones that from two thousand ten to two thousand fourteen. Folks, I saw what went on every day with him and believe me, there weren't a whole lot of people around there. Now there were some people say, hey, might pan out. But man at four I remember all summer Coach Frank working with the and I remember Coach Misha thousands of hours, ah, hundreds of hours spent with that young man and Coach Vesa, of course. Now, folks you know, they weren't sitting in the box trying to get the scan of the television over on them. They weren't over there. Those are the USTA coaches when we saw the hat. And, by the way, those guys are good. That one guy, Mike Russell, who's been assigned to Francis, is darn good. That guy can coach, I think. Listen, he could play, and he did everything on guts and heart, so I'm thinking that he's going to be a good guy to travel around with him. But the point being... <laughs> I was thinking about it 2010 uh, to fourteen you had you had two or three people caring about the kid. Now I bet there's twenty eight people taking credit for how he's doing and first of all, I texted uh, one of the coaches and coach Frank, my good player, a good friend, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful man who's responsible for so many top players. That he doesn't get credit for Coach Frank was up in the stands I said Frank I'm going to bed This is a get ahead and stay ahead No war zones at all So boring The match was not it was real. Both players were choking their, Both players were choking their brains out Federer disguises very well But he was so tight He had not been under pressure In about 3-4 weeks Now it's amazing Even 19 grand slams Folks, tennis is the most amazing thing. So, if you're a parent out there, your kids need to have warm up tournaments before big events because Roger Federer was tight. Francis started out loose as a goose, but then when he got ahead, he basically, uh, gosh, he, he he couldn't cut at that second set. And I'm going, ah, it's, there's no war zones. It's sort of like trying to dance with a girl and never holding her. I mean, it was just, there was no. There was no long war zones. The commentators even said that, "Hey, listen, this uh, match is flying. It's going fast." That was 31 minutes on that set, and it was still war zones. They were hitting balls, but there was no tennis being played. How's that? Hitting balls but no tennis being played. I went to bed, and then I, I texted Frank. I go, "Hey, it's uh, three and two. Last two sets It'll be three and two and three. Well, the next set was six two. I don't know what happened, but." Bottom line on the thing, it looked like it would be just a simple pecking order match after Francis wasn't comfortable being ahead. But the long story short on it is that I woke up this morning, it was tight with the score, but the bottom line on the thing is, yeah, uh, Francis has a lot of upside, And but I'd like to credit Coach Frank, Coach Vessa, Coach Misha, those guys did work. Hey, and Coach Ali, I remember Coach Ali, and, and uh, those guys, they did a lot with that young man. <laughs> now we got 28 people going to take credit, but here's, here's the point. Here's the point. Nobody can get to a player who and in, in make a difference unless they have the ability to go deep. They, you've often heard me say there's five levels of relationship, cliches, facts. Opinion, feelings, and needs Those are five levels Clichés are surface Facts are surface Opinion, a little deeper Feelings and needs Almost go to the heart So when you're with someone And you're talking clichés What's going on? Not much How's everything? Hey, how are you today? good match the other day Those are all clichés Just, hey, that's surface Facts, hey Score that match was this Hey, uh, football game was this The other day Hey, how's that forehand it's a good looking for me. These are all just cliches and facts. Opinions, we got to go deeper. Oh, wait a minute. And this is where all these coaches, the 28 coaches going to be hanging on the kid, are going to, oh, somebody just fixed his forehand. Oh, my gosh, we got to fix that. Well, he's looking at it for the first time. You don't think that forehand's been looked at 8 million times? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me to thousands of balls and. Alan Fox, the great, great uh, coach who's one of the geniuses of tennis, uh, said in a thing he wrote on Facebook, uh, Coach J.P. Weber told me earlier today, he just said, there ain't no fixing that forehand right now. Come on. He's hit eight billion balls that way, basically just choked. It's not about the mechanics. And you're not going back and fix that forehand right now. That, that was done by age 12, and by 14, they were still working on it, but it was good, and you know what? Because it's different, it's going to be pretty good. Sort of like John McEnroe's serve. Nobody teach somebody, oh, gosh. I'd say nobody teach anybody after McEnroe, when, back when he was a great player. I cannot tell you the amount of McEnroe look-alike serves that were out there in junior tennis, and people were trying to imitate that, that side spin whirly bird thing that was so affected because it was different so francis forehand's not going to change but people as far as opinions that's where they're at these coaches go oh I'll work on that forehead and it's laughable how my friend and i have another friend coach robert davis that coaches on professional tour he's been out there 17 years he says the coaches are new with players they run out there and they try to Make this adjustment or that adjustment. Oh, I see something nobody else does. But the coaching does not go on from the outside in. Real coaching goes from the inside out. So, again, cliches, facts, opinion, feelings and needs. Oh, boy, here we go. Folks, now, listen well to this. It's one thing to say we're going to go to the feelings and the needs of an individual. And it's another thing. Another thing, to be able to do it, to have permission to do it, to do it in a way that it's not regarded properly. And listen, if the person does not succeed, what, it, it gets even tougher. To the feelings and the needs. Now, here is what usually happens with some of these coaches that are assigned to these players. USTA, it's fine. I'm just giving you some advice there. You know, not that you know, I've done it forty seven years, I know you got learned people there, but but here's as simple as it is. Nobody cares what you know unless they know that you care. Nobody cares what you know, nobody at all cares what you know unless they know that you care. It's not about information, information is out there everywhere. But you in order to have a great, great coaching success with an individual, a teaching success you have to go to the heart of the athlete you have to go to the heart of the issues you have got to give tough love sometimes you have got to be able to go there and be there and it has to be an all in relationship an all in relationship of the mind and the heart where you care enough to hurt when the athlete hurts to when they're they're in a good position to let them have the credit and not be looking at it for what you get out of it. My first year coaching, 1975-76, there was an old crusty baseball coach at Clemson University named Bill Wilhelm. And anybody that's in baseball knows Bill Wilhelm. Now, he's passed away. I don't know how Coach Wilhelm died five to ten years ago. I can't keep up with it. But I was a young coach, and uh, I had a couple players that were starting to show some promise. And he used to go in there, and Coach Wilhelm, we were real excited one time because we, uh, second year, we lost this match to Georgia, like 5-4. We were getting close. He said, hell, son, he says, you know, a lot of people play close. He said, don't come around here and be shooting off your mouth or talking about it. You know, unless you do something. And then he goes, well, hell, son, if you're worth a flip, he said <laughs> some other words, but if you're worth a flip as a coach, nobody's ever going to know you. They'll know your player, but you get behind the player and back them. It's, it ain't about you. You ain't no billboard. You know, the player gets the credit. The coach is going to get the blame. If you're not tough enough to take the blame – you better get out of this right now. You give the player the credit, and you get the blame. Wow, wow, wow. Talking about a diamond. And it was a lot Coach Wilhelm's delivery, but it was what a lot diamond he dropped. And I've often thought about that. And, look, I'm a human being just like anyone else. I've been in coaching. I've been a teacher all these years. Yeah, we all want to get a pat on that back. You know, a little lump of sugar is, is needed. Even even a horse needs a lump of sugar now and then. But the bottom line is is that what a false, false way to do it is if coaches, wait a minute, or as parents, wait a minute, or as teachers, or well, wait a minute, as doctors, as nurses, firemen, police, if we are in the service industry and we truly believe that we're in the service industry because we've called to do the work that needs to be done. If you don't do the work you've been called to do, it may never get done. Uh, what a great quote. What a great quote. If you don't do the work you've been called to do, it may never get done. But in the service, service, it doesn't have to be servant, but service industry as a coach a teacher a doctor a you know a a fireman a policeman if you are a servant in the service industry you need very very much to try to wean yourself from public acclaim and those things oh it feels good to get a pat on the back it feels good to get an award now and then it feels good Appreciation feels so good when somebody likes you or cares about you. Are you getting mentioned or you get a little credit? And, folks, parents out there always mention the coaches. When your kids do well, just say, hey, listen, we'd like to thank Coach Bob or Coach Bill or Coach Susie. We want to thank them because, and all you kids out there listening to this, thank your coaches and, and give the praise to your coaches. And, and and really always deflect the praise to your coaches, but as a coach, look, it, it, it's not gonna. It, it there was a prayer that I learned uh, many many years ago, and and I can't remember where, but it said, you know, uh, basically as far as getting rich or being poor, riches. It said, Lord, never make me so poor that I would steal. But please never make me so rich that I would turn from you. In other words, what we need is sort of enough to get us to the next kid sometimes when things go well. And uh, just understand that its, it's we, we've got to know that the giving is, is enough. And, oh, it's a tough one. You oh, know, don't don't you don't have to be a mother, Teresa, but there's just something wrong about the coaches that push themselves out to the front. Instead of the player, no coach. That's the Wilhelm rule. Push the player to the front. The coach stays in the back. Oh, Coach Wilhelm! I hope you're up there looking down and saying, "Okay, Creasy, thanks for putting my rule out there." But push the coach. The the coach pushes the player to the front. Coach stays in the back. Cliché, facts, opinion, feeling, need. So my thing is, look, if a person is deep, um, look. Look, France is already doing well under Mike Russell out there, and I'm just telling you, Mike, I've never had a conversation, but I respected that kid in the juniors. I was, he's a man now, but in the juniors, in college, and the kid, the guy always honored the game. I watched him play. And he played at the University of Miami, and I know what it was like to play against him. He always honored the game. So my belief is that he is a person of deep substance, and you know what? I can look at Francis and say, boy, Francis, what do you need? You need somebody that's a worker, somebody that's tough, somebody of deep substance. That was a good assignment, whoever made that assignment with Mike Russell to, uh, to uh, France. Maybe it's the Coach Bolin did that or somebody. I don't know. But if you did, that, a good job there, Brian. Awesome, awesome. That was smart. Not smart, but, but all I'm saying is that, yeah, he'll probably go deeper and but folks out there there's other people that did a lot of work and those hanger honors that don't have anything to do with them uh boy it's it's funny about the entourage that follows you you know the what do we want to call the hanger honors uh, and um so why don't we have what we need then out of coaches and i want to i'm going to go over a few things here and uh you know, say first of all, well, it's hard. Number one, it's 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 just hard to do the thankless work as a parent, as a coach, as a teacher, as a fireman, as a policeman, as a, as a as a nurse, as a doctor. You have to have a heart that was set up to serve others, and you have to early in your life figure out that the feeling you get from working with young people or something how how wonderful it is. I know that I'm still addicted to. I, I, it is unbelievable that your whole life, you know, if if someone progresses or someone, their life is enhanced by the work that you do. Uh, look, I'm not talking goodbye, Mr. Chips here. I mean, goodbye, Mr. Chips, what a good movie. The old one, who was the actor in that? Okay, I'm getting sidetracked here, folks. But the bottom line, uh, Mr. Holland's opus type of thing, it's, it's you have to understand there's great joy in that. Now, let, let me let me go a little deeper here. Um, what you have to do, and this is an interesting concept, but in the chain of command now, we do not ha- always have smart nor caring administrators that work over us. So what happens is our administrators, let's say you're a teacher and you've got someone over you that's not very deep and they're trying to tote the company line of the common core or the no child left behind, whatever it is, and they are bureaucrat and they are knickknackers, and they have the governor on your engine all the time, it's going to be a tough one, folks. It's going to be a tough one. So, I, you know, it's just not a good working situation again. Um, what you leaders out there, if you are a principal or if you are a head coach or if you are one of those USTA officials, one of you guys listening to my show today, remember this. I, I, there's two things. People below you, people above you. Always with people below you, I always say I would rather give you forgiveness than permission. You have freedom to do what you think is right. Care about the person. You make the decision. Do not wait for my green light all the time. Okay, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. And some of you are going, whoa, whoa, doesn't that get you in trouble? These first people make mistakes. Yeah, they make mistakes. But if they're good people, if they're not good people, they shouldn't be working for you. You know, and, and the point being is that they're going to make mistakes. But when they make mistakes, are mistakes that are mistakes that are not, they're not mistakes of the heart. They're mistakes of method. And, again, there's difference between doing things right and doing right things. Again, big people, number one people, do right things. Small people, number two and three people, do things right. But there's a difference between doing right things and doing things right. Now, no one likes to talk about, I'm doing the right thing here. We, we don't even like to make those judgments, do we? But good leaders do right things. Managers do things right. Now, if you have somebody that does the right thing and you do the right thing the right way, that's great. And that takes time. At first... Potential leaders that you should be trying to bring up unto you Do the right thing in the wrong ways It's like my assistant I tell him I'd rather give you forgiveness and permission He does the right thing the wrong way Well guess what You got to train that And ultimately he'll get it right And he'll do the right thing the right way Look you can do the wrong thing the right way And you are at ground zero A number two person The number three person in charge Who's not cut out does not care about the person deep enough the the person who is who's not deep enough is going to do the wrong thing the right way and oh my golly you are square zero and you have a society that is going nowhere nowhere sounds like socialism to me folks sounds like socialism capitalism you do right thing. you do. Right things the wrong way and the right way In order to get them the right way But you're, you're basically empowering people The socialist mentality Is just so wrong for competition So wrong for anybody Because it steals the creative genius And uh, the, it steals people's hearts So here's what I do I tell people below me Do the right thing You'll get it right and you'll get it wrong, but I'd rather give you forgiveness and permission. But here, listen, listen. But the people above me, I always try to get their permission rather than their forgiveness. I usually try to always try to have that communication with people above you so they know what direction you're going in. Now, let's say you have somebody above you. That just does not allow you to go in the right way. Well, you might have to look for a new job, or you got to educate those people too to what you're trying to do. And once they trust that you're a teacher, once they trust that you're all in with trying to train, groom the, to train the inside of the person first in the right way, they'll be all in. So hear me out. People below you, give them permit for. I'd rather give you forgiveness and permission. people above you, look, I'm going to go to you for permission rather than get your forgiveness. And you basically, that frees you up like a bag on freight train to go forward with with your good work. Now, I wanted to mention a a few other things that with the people, look, we've got to get the people above you come in. It's your bosses and things. It might be the bureaucratic organization you work in. But also, when you're working with young people, you've got to make sure that communication line with the parents and the guardians is completely, you've got to communicate. And and do not say, oh, I'm going to keep the parents out of my work. If you keep the parents out of your work, you're not going to be to get to step one or step two. You've got to get the parents in, in the work. And you stay professional. You do your goals and everything. But you've got to communicate with the parents now. Parents appreciate it. And, again, I would get their uh, permission, not their forgiveness. So they're sort of a leader in that position too. With young people who who are under you, when you're coaching them and you want them to be all in on their selves and to give their hearts, give them freedom to fail. And whenever I have that athlete that's all over the place, I always tell the parents it's easier Mom, Dad, it's easier to tame a roaring tiger than to inspire a timid pussycat. I'd rather have this person that does nine things wrong to get one right, number 10, than the person that freezes and doesn't learn how to try, try, try again. Try, fail, get up. Try, fail, get up. Try, fail, get up. Get up one more time and you're knocked down. That's all that being successful is about. And your youngster has to learn and collect their failures. So you got to know your parents. Check out their depth as people. Make sure they have the right perspective on things. And look, if your parents are into the hype and the rankings and stuff, I, I wouldn't go deep with them. I, I would keep it at cliches and facts, maybe a few opinions. But and, and, again, this is the cry and shame of some coaches that don't make it, that don't care enough about their athletes. But if your parents have depth and the perspective and they they truly care about the inside or the, the, their youngster working for mastery, then then you've got something to work with that you've got to communicate. Work with your administrators, administrators. Remember, your parents are the administrators. Do right things, but do right things wrong, do right things right. You've got to teach people. You've got to lead them with the depth, into depth by example, and you cannot – uh, you basically can't preach one thing and do the other. That's where we all run into trouble. And you don't have to be perfect. But at the same time, if uh, you, you've got to do the work yourself, and that's what's so hard, to get leadership by example. Here's what our bureaucracies do. Even and I'm not going to run anybody down. But when you do coercive leadership, where you put out mandates, red, orange, green, and you do these mandates and all this stuff, and you say, uh, we're smart, you're not, we're smart, you're not. Problem is you're not going to get anybody to follow you for the long term and you don't inspire anyone. You've got to lead by example and lead, leading by persuasion is okay, but you've got to make sure that, uh, that you, you know, lead in a good, solid way. Look, kids are masterful at, at smelling out fake stuff. They're masterful. And, and they they are, you know, kids are much smarter than they used to be. Uh, kids often, too, are masterful at manipulating or showing you what you want to see as a coach. Uh, and I, You know, I don't know if there are any great young coaches. I was a hard trier as a young coach. I don't think I was, because you just got to have the years of experience. It's like we're all beginners as parents. Ten years later as a parent would say, boy, I wish I'd known that. Back ten years ago, boy, I sure could have headed off that problem. But uh, kids, kids are masterful at presentation, so you've got to really look, look, uh, look deeply and know what you're doing there. And here's the other advice: stay in for the long haul. It's the long haul. I it, it, nobody cares what you know unless they know that you care. I, I have a, a youngster right now that sort of has given up on tennis. Uh, Uh, You know, I was working with him and stuff, and uh, he sort of just started bagging, not showing up. He got hooked on a girlfriend and, you know, girlfriend problems. And I know that he still loves the game, but he's just sort of in and out. And I I tried to call him earlier this week and just figure out what the heck is going on. But kids are in and out. And and just remember that – You know, my mother used to say gratitude is an adult virtue, so you don't look for that. But she also said kids drift in and out of maturity, and, boy, they do for about 10 years. So if the youngsters aren't motivated from time to time or if they look like they're going through a tough spell, hang in there with them. I think one of the biggest problems I see with bureaucracies when they're working with kids is they'll bail out on the kids when it gets sort of tough. You know, so, you know, good or bad, hang in there. You know, remember when they're doing well, you don't go in front of the youngster. Remember the Wilhelm rule, the Coach Wilhelm rule. Make sure that you push the youngster forward. Look, when things are going bad, who's supposed to take the blame? You never throw the kid under the bus. You never, look, kids going through a tough spell. You can take the blame as a coach. You just say, hey, we need to do this or we need need to do that. But you don't ever throw the youngster under the bus. Folks, I'll be right back in a second. It's Coach Chuck Creasy with American Tennis. This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis radio show. In my 30 years experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis. And over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net. Coach Chuck Creasy, I'm back. We only have a few minutes left today, folks, and um, real coaching means all in. And and here's the deal, and I, I wanted to – this is the most important point. Everyone – we have experienced sports. We know that if you invest more, it's going to hurt more when it goes bad. It's going to feel good, when, better when it goes well. As an athlete, you learn that. So uh, we sometimes try to surface, try, or we tiptoe around the all-in plunge into deep commitment. Uh, we, We try to a point. When the pain comes, it's tough. Now, golly, as a parent, it's even tough. You love your children so much that it rips your heart out when things go bad some, and The joy is incomparable, but it just really, really is an all-in endeavor. Anything great is is something of risk. And as a teacher, as a coach, in any relationship, if we want something of great joy, we've got to risk great pain. And to be all in with a youngster and work with him through the ups and the downs and the coaching of it or the teaching of it or to go into a service or a service situation like as a policeman, fireman, doctor, as a nurse, anything where you're serving other people, being all in takes a lot of courage. If you can go all in and you, again, permission, not forgiveness from the people above you, including your parents, the parents and the teachers and the administrators, and you can go all in and you give people under you, uh, that whether they're your players, your assistant coaches, or subordinates under you, give them freedom to make mistakes. Well, if you can go all in, the joy will be beyond your wildest dream ever. You don't need the accolades of thousands when you have that, Feeling and, and that understanding that that basically God is pleased with your work, and it's very it's it's just that simple. You know that, you know you know that you feel God's pleasure when you when you do the work, and and it it, it is a, it is a, a peace and a joy that passes understanding. It, it absolutely is, and when you don't go when when you go all in though the pain will be there, but. Whenever you have the pain, you say, what am I supposed to learn? And then whenever you have the joy, you just basically understand that, all right, Lord, how are you? Spo- how am I supposed to use this blessing? How, how do I use this blessing now? And how do I pass this on to others? And, uh, folks, that's what I'm searching for at this stage in life and in this stage of my career. And it's really true, and we all we all want a little hype and pomp a little bit times, but but basically we all want that we want that peace that passes understanding at a certain time in our life. With young people, we need for you to get all in. We need to train these young ones coming up. And uh, if you're as a coach, thanks for the work you do. As your parents, <laughs> thanks. A lot for the work you're doing—it's unbelievable. And, and uh, the service organizations go out there and uh, fail with gusto, collect the failures, but dive into the deep end of that pool when it comes to dealing with with the young people out there and, and help them out. And God bless you for the work you do. And uh, folks, I'm out of time. I'll, I'll see you next week, this is Coach Chuck Creasy. Green in America. Born in a holiday land, raised up a family, a King James and Uncle Sam. He got the red, white, blue, Flying high on a farm. Never buys that Made in America. Made in America. And this coach Chuck Creasy reminding everybody out there that we are all in the process of winning or losing every day of our life, and it has very little to do with a win or a loss. God bless y'all. See you next week on American Tennis. Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.